Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We are joined by the governor of the state of Wisconsin, Scott Walker. Governor, good morning. Hey, Jeff. Great to be with you. Congratulations for the new time. <laughs> it's, well, I'll, I'll think of you when I'm getting up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, well, that's but, why the state of the state was good for you yesterday, because it got done sooner, right? It, well, e- exactly, and I appreciate that, Governor. Hey, I tell you, <laughs> sev- seven years. Time sure flies, huh? Yeah, seventh one of all. Although this was the best, not because my speech was great, although I hope it was, but because my wife got a chance to share a little bit about what she's doing with Fostering Futures. It was a, a nice touch, and she did a super job. I should mention, Governor, we're also live streaming this on our Facebook Live, so people who want to see it as it is occurring, um, you can check it out on WTMJ.com, our Facebook Live page. Governor, I think you surprised a number of people yesterday by saying that, that not only do you want to hold the line on UW tuition, but you actually want to lower it. What, what's, that all, what's that all about and what you're thinking? Yeah, well, it, great question. As I traveled the state this past year in particular, I, I would hear from high school students and their parents and grandparents, but a lot of other people, educators, just other people from the communities at listening sessions and other events we had. And One of the common things I kept hearing over and over and over again was that young people and their families particularly are concerned about the high cost of college uh, tuition all across the country. You know, our friend Charlie Sykes wrote a great book this past year called Fail You, where he listed a number of things, but but one of which stood out, and that is that tuition since 1978 nationwide has gone up about four times the rate of inflation. It's no wonder that working families and college students have had a hard time paying for it. I'm proud that we froze it for four years, but now I think it's time to take it a step further. And so tonight, uh, last night, uh, we announced a, uh, a tuition cut an actual reduction and obviously in a few weeks in february when we do our state budget we'll put the details in about how much and the one thing i do want to be clear is that we're going to pay for it we're not going to take it out of the base of the university of wisconsin budget in fact we'll actually put more money in but we're going to tie all the new money to performance measures so it's not just about how many students are enrolled but how many graduate how many graduate on time do they graduate degrees that are highly needed do people get jobs? Do they work here in Wisconsin? All those things are going to be a part of performance measures uh, for new funding for the UW system. Governor, um, obviously one of the hot issues in this budget, and you touched on it in your state of the state yesterday, is is, is transportation spending. Um, Assembly Republican leadership have, has said, hey, we, we need to have everything on the table. We should be considering toll roads. We should be considering increasing the gasoline tax. So far, you've been pretty steadfast in saying you know, no new taxes. Where do you see this going moving forward? Oh, I, I think we'll ultimately get there. You know, let's remember overall the, uh, the some of the other media outlets, the print and some others across the state, love to have a fight uh, between Republicans, even though on 99.9% of the things, you know, Speaker Voss and I and the rest of the team over there get along exceptionally well. I think we've got one of the best relationships between legislative leadership and a governor in the country. Um, so, you know, this issue, we respect each other on it. I, I just hope people respect the fact that I made a clear promise repeatedly uh, back more than two years ago when I ran for election that I was not going to raise the gas tax or the vehicle registration fee without a corresponding or greater decrease in some other tax. And so without that happening, I'm holding true to it. That's why the budget I'll present will actually have significant increases for local road aid so that local communities and counties can fix roads and bridges and fill potholes. We'll finish the work off on the zoo interchange, but we won't take on the new leg, and we won't add a lot of other big projects 
uh, new projects in the future in Milwaukee or elsewhere. But we're going to take care of the safety and maintenance of the existing system. And I got to tell you that we had a we always have a little reception where we invite all the members of the legislature at both chambers and both parties over afterwards. And I had a, a significant number of lawmakers who came up to me and said, thanks for laying it down clearly as possible, because they, too, I think, share my belief that we were not sent to, to Madison to, to raise people's overall tax burden. Governor, in nine days, President-elect Trump becomes President Trump. I, I know over the last several years there's been a number of different initiatives that you would have liked to have had the opportunity to roll out in Wisconsin that needed federal approval that you weren't able to get. Are, are there some things as you look forward as in advance that you, you think we're going to be able to do in Wisconsin now that you might have a more receptive administration that might be willing to sign off on them? Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the things that gives me real optimism for the future. Not only a new president with a new administration, but a House and a Senate that by and large should be on the same side of things as we are with the overall principle that more of these responsibilities long-term in in Medicaid and welfare, but also in education and transportation, workforce investment, all these things should be, as our founders intended, sent back to the state. So I'm hopeful in the really big things, I think like Medicaid, will be sent back in a block grant, as Paul Ryan has talked about for years, so that states like Wisconsin can do things that don't make us do the same things that California and New York have to do. So I'm hopeful with Medicaid, I'm hopeful we can get the green light to go ahead with many of the welfare reform initiatives that Tommy Thompson did some 20-plus years ago and made this state a leader in the country on welfare reform. I think, as I mentioned last night, we're a good and decent state. We want to help people when they're down and out. But public assistance should be a trampoline, not a not a hammock. And so we want to make sure that everyone, not just the limited number we've been able to do now, but everyone who is physically and mentally capable of working is in the workforce with the expectation that you're much better off controlling your own destiny. And then there's other odds and ends. I mean, something to any of us who are hunters we know is a big deal. I'd, I'd love to have some help from the federal government on the wolf population. I, I'd love to have some help on a series of other things, even on, well, for reform, just the opportunity not to have the federal government fighting us when we're trying to do drug testing to make sure people are healthy so they can get back into the workforce. All those things would be nice to have a partner instead of an adversary in our nation's capital. We're speaking, of course, to Governor Scott Walker. We're also live streaming this on Facebook Live. Governor, one of the themes of your State of the State speech yesterday was was working and winning. Um, your, your theory that people are better off now than they were six years ago. And, of course, some of your critics immediately said, oh, this, this is the state of denial. Why do you think Wisconsinites in general are better off now than they were six years ago when you took over? Yeah, well, just look at the facts. I mean, the, the question is, are we better off? We as a state, are we better off? Are the people of the state better off than we were six years ago? And unequivocally, the answer is yes. There are more people employed this past year than at any point in our nation's history. So not just six years ago. In, in all the time since 1848, there have never been more people employed in the state of Wisconsin than there were this past year. We have uh, one of the lowest unemployment rates, in fact, the lowest we've had in more than 15 years since February of 2001. You look at the fact that we've, it's not just low unemployment, we're actually putting people to work because the percentage of people employed in the state is one of the highest, one of the top 10 highest in the country. Our schools, even with all of our students taking ACT tests, continue to be one of the top-ranked states when, when students look at comparing uh, all students taking their ACT test. Our UW uh, system continues to do well. In fact, the University of Wisconsin moved up 
on U.S. News and World Report's ranking of the best public schools, and 10 other UW colleges were mentioned and given high ranks. Our, our healthcare systems continue to be some of the top two or three in the nation. I joked the last uh, yesterday afternoon that even when it comes to farmers producing and 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 uh, making and growing some of the best products in the world, we just won the gold medal for the the best cheese in the entire planet. So you got all that, and obviously the future is bright when it comes to all these serious things. And I even joked, I think it was the one one of I mentioned cheese. My wife and uh, my wife got to speak in the Green Bay Packers, and obviously that's another thing to be happy about. Those are the three overwhelming standing ovations I got from everyone, including the Democrats. But but the detractors, you know, they have a bit of a revisionist history. The, the very people who are attacking us were in charge when we lost 133,000 jobs in the four years before we took office, when tuition went up 118% in the decade before our freeze. They were the same people in charge when the, the governor and the legislature raided $1.4 billion from the state's transportation fund. We've turned all those things around. We are moving the state forward. We don't want to go backwards. You know, Governor, I, I've been thinking, obviously, one of the signature pieces during your tenure has been, been Act 10. And I can remember, again, I'm sure you do, all the controversy involving Act 10 and all the predictions that you, if we do this, the sky is going to fall, the infrastructure is going to crumble, public education is going to just completely go down the tubes. You know, years after the enactment of Act 10, is it working like you intended? Absolutely. For us, it wasn't just about ta- uh, saving money, which we did, five billion dollars plus the state and local taxpayers. Property taxes are lower today than they were six years ago. Income taxes are down. Overall, we've cut the tax burden $4.7 billion. But more importantly than that, for local governments, and and Jeff, as you know full well, uh, you were part of this when I came in as a county executive, at the local level, we've given counties and school boards and city councils and town boards and all the other local officials the tools to not just save money, but but to really make things work better. It's why for all the hype, you know, we we just this a uh, year ago had all of our students do the ACT test. Well, we continue to rank when you compare us with other states that have done that. Again, we're in the top five consistently as we have been in the past. When you look at all the other things you mentioned, we're we're doing well. We're doing exceptionally well. There's always room for improvements. So we're not done yet. But for all the hype and hysteria, it's why I was pleased to see at the end of the year, I think it was the Wall Street Journal did a a story about all the states across the country with new and expanded Republican majorities uh, in state government were taking on, they they were looking at the things we did in Wisconsin, and they were looking to replicate them. Kentucky just had a big vote this last week, and they're looking to Wisconsin yet again for leadership, just like Tommy Thompson led the charge on welfare reform in the past. We're doing it on a whole a whole spectrum of things, and we want to continue to be leaders because we know that means the lives of our citizens are going to be better. Governor, one of course the, the Madison Parlor Games is will he or won't he run in 2018? <laughs> when uh, what, give me give me a little bit of insight on that. When's that decision going to be made if it hasn't already been made? Well, the announcement you can guess whether the decision's been made, but the announcement will come after the budget's completed because that's got to be my my primary focus and, and my attention given to that, because that's the most important thing I can do over the next two years. But, but i got to tell you, with what's going to happen in a couple of weeks in Washington, with a new president, a new administration, with a reinvigorated House and a Senate, it, it makes me and others, I think, here in state government, look at all the things that we've accomplished, which are many. I mean, you look at the laundry list, Jeff, you think back years ago when we were running, all the things that not just that we said we could do, but but, but many of your listeners said, I wish 
Right. I wish the state government could do it. We have done overwhelmingly just so many of those things in that list, but the few things that we're left to be done with that, that really can make a difference in people's lives are things that require the help and assistance, and in some cases, the federal government just getting out of the way on it. With a new administration and a House and a Senate that's excited and jazzed up again, I think, from my standpoint, that gives us a renewed opportunity, particularly when it comes to welfare reform. We led the nation more than 20 years ago. We can lead the nation again. When I think of the good we can do there and all the other things we can do to continue to build not just our economy but our workforce for generations to come, you can see why it would be exciting for me to ponder serving one more term. It would be my last, and that's no way she's going to let me run any more times than that. But uh, but at least another term with this new opportunities that come out of Washington to really put the responsibility and the resources back in the hands of state and local officials would be tremendous, and I'd love to be a part of it. You know, I, I hate to use this word, but you really sound reinvigorated to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exciting. it really is, because it gives you, you know, part of it is, you know, in some ways, we're, we're, you know, victims of our own success. We've done so much. You look around the rest of the country at the things other states are looking to do, and we're like, been there, done that, you know, right down the list. Not only on economic issues, tax cuts, welfare reform, uh, being innovative when it came to not taking the Obamacare uh, Medicaid expansion or, or the state exchange. I mean, just look at all these things out there, voter ID. You go on the list, being pro-life, being uh, in favor of people being able to support themselves and their, their families with uh, the right to carry and, and all these other things out there. We've done them. The biggest things left to do are the things that require some help, or at least getting out of the way from Washington. And I believe we can not only get that help, I believe we can lead the efforts. One of the things I love about being the chairman of the Republican Governor Association is I get to make the case, not just to the new president, but particularly to my good friend Mike Pence, who up until a day ago was a fellow governor as well, that, that, that these are things more appropriately put in the hands of the people at the state level. One of Mike Pence's favorite quotes from Reagan is one of my favorite quotes, and that was at his first inaugural back in 1981. He said, we should all remember the federal government did not create the states. The states created the federal government. If we get back to those principles, boy, we can do big things for Wisconsin and for the country. Governor Scott Walker, thanks for joining me this morning. I am sure we'll talk again. Don't be a stranger, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Governor Scott Walker, following his State of the State speech, I'll let you draw your own conclusions, not formally announcing a re-election effort, but uh, you can hear the way the governor's talking, and I think you can get a strong sense of the way the wind is blowing on that question. It's 1125. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1128, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's your chance to play lawmaker. Is there something in society that you'd put on the books if you could? Well, then, it ought to be a law. Weigh in with Eric Bilstad and John Jagler during WTMJ today at 2.07. I got an email yesterday from somebody who said, well, it was listening to the program yesterday and said, well, you know, this is, you know, you're, this isn't like Charlie's show. You know, you're, you're doing some, some of these lighter topics. Charlie always did all the heavier topics, to which my response is, well, first of all, and you know, Charlie's a talent in his own right. I, I do my own show. But actually, the shows will vary from day to day depending on what the events are and what interests me that I think is going to be of interest to you. So some days it might be a little bit less edgy topics. 
a lot of days I think it is going to be a mix. So, you know, today we've been a little bit heavy on politics because if you have a chance to have the governor of the state of Wisconsin, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, come on and talk about, you know, his future and what he sees the future being, we're going to spend time. If you have a chance to take the initial news conference of President-elect Trump and hear him respond to allegations that, you know, he was involved in all sorts of stuff with the Russians, we're, we're going to, to do that and get your reaction to it. It's just going to vary from from day to day and sometimes it's going to be edgy sometimes it's going to be less edgy but it's all going to be stuff that i hope you enjoy because i find it interesting and to me to me if if you just want to listen to a show that does nothing but sort of like one tone stuff you know for hours and hours a day that's great and i'm sure you can probably find those shows you're not going to find them here because that's not the type of program i have done for 19 years so it's going to be varied it should be fun so that's what we want to encourage you to tune in and listen to these things and i was just saying to my producer hondo well i had this whole show plan that's drawn up i'm trying to be more organized i'm trying to like be focused and huh didn't get to about three quarters of the things we do we are going to revisit something that we tried to launch at the last hour right before the press conference in just a couple minutes. So stick around. A lot of great stuff coming up. It's 1134. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. The Bucks return home Friday night to battle the Miami Heat. Ted Davis, Dennis Krause, and Justin Garcia will be courtside. Coverage begins with Buck Shots. That's 640 on Friday evening. Check that out. And uh, if you go to our, our Facebook page, um, you will. we now have this posted. We Facebooked live um, the interview with Governor Walker. Uh, you can check it out. I'm the guy in the yellow, Mar- in the, uh, yellow Marquette sweatshirt. Now, now that we're doing more of this Facebook live, I just, well, I was going to say I have to dress better perhaps, but I'm just, it's, it, this is what it is. You know, it's, that's one of the great things about doing the morning radio show and not having to do television. I, I get to wear my Marquette sweatshirt from time to time, especially when there's a game this evening. You can check that out. That's up on Facebook Live. In addition, I just want to point out, I know I've said this before, but it's the question I get most often, which is, are you going to be podcasting the show? And the answer is yes. Podcasts of the programs are now available. If you go to WTMJ.com, click on the show page, click on my name, you will be able to download podcasts of the show. In addition, you can subscribe to them, so as soon as they are posted, you will automatically get them. Um, It's actually part of a, and I don't want to tell tales out of school, but it's part of this um, larger podcasting project that we're going to be embarking on over the course of the next couple weeks, but because there was so much demand, we wanted to get the podcasts of my shows up as soon as possible. So, the shows are all podcast. You can access them through WTMJ.com and or subscribe to them. All right. I want to double back on something we were just starting to discuss before we had to break away for the Donald Trump news conference. As a matter of fact, I've got some links to the story also up on our Facebook page. Uh, the, the common trend nowadays is to is for states to legalize marijuana. What, eight or nine states have already done this? And the question becomes, are there consequences to doing it? The argument in favor of legalizing marijuana, or the arguments is, hey, it, it's no worse than booze, so who cares if, if, if we do this? If you're going to allow legal drinking, you should allow legal marijuana use. The other argument is, hey, there's this huge black market that's out there. People are smoking pot anyways. We might as well legalize it, regulate it, tax it, and generate revenue from it. Those those are the arguments that a number of states have bought into, and the argument that people are going to be doing it anyway, so prohibition didn't work for liquor, why do we have prohibition for alcohol? Those are all the arguments that are there. Now, 
We are starting to, however, have an opportunity to analyze some of the consequences of these these decisions. And Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Washington State and Colorado were two of the first states to legalize marijuana. So now they're starting to have at least a little bit of a track record going. And what they are finding is in those two states, Washington, Colorado, where marijuana has been legalized, marijuana use among eighth graders and 10th graders and 12th graders has gone up, essentially removing the stigma. And it's it's illegal. Don't get me wrong. It's still illegal for a 16-year-old to smoke pot. But the idea is and the argument is that removing the stigma of illegal drug usage has encouraged people at younger ages to say, oh, there's no problem. I'm going I'm going to do it. And that's giving at least some people pause. And it's one of the questions that I've always had about some of these legalization things, which is if you legalize it, clearly more people are going to do it. I understand there's a lot of people out there that smoke pot. I have to believe, though, that there's going to be a lot more people that will smoke pot if it is legal to do so, because the reality is I think there's a lot of people who might otherwise be potheads who aren't because – They are concerned of the consequences of getting caught. So new studies are out that suggest in those states that have legalized marijuana, more and more younger people are using it. Let's open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll Free Talk Line. I, I, I find it difficult to question those studies. To me, intuitively, it makes sense. If this thing is legalized, it's going to draw more people to do it. And if it's legalized to do it as an adult, it's going to draw more young people to do it as well before they're adults. So knowing all that, should we legalize marijuana? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll Free Talk Line. I am willing to bet that if we looked at different items on Governor Walker's agenda, if we looked at different items on the agenda of the legislature, um, mar- legalizing marijuana in Wisconsin would probably be about a hundred, uh, 1,010 on a list of the top 1,000. But what do you think should happen? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Hondo is lining up the calls. If you're on the line, please hold on. We discuss in two minutes, 1140. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1144, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, lest we are too subtle. That's uh, that's a little Bob Marley. Um, numbers are starting to come in. The first two states, California California's now legalized marijuana, but Washington and Colorado, two of the first states that have legalized it, they're now starting to study the effect of, or at least they've decided to study whether or not in those states, marijuana usage among young people, 8th graders, 10th graders, 12th graders, has gone up. And the numbers are in, and the answer is yes. Now, maybe maybe that's correlation, not causation, although I don't think that's necessarily the case. But is that an argument for not legalizing pot? Now, it's not going to happen anytime soon, in my opinion, in Wisconsin, but but should it? 414-799-1620. Dan in Germantown. Dan, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. I could argue at length on this topic, Jeff. I'm a former what they would call a wake and baker i smoked this stuff for 10 years <laughs> yeah, yes you you're right you, you'd awake and then you'd get baked yes <laughs> yeah i spent most of my time in a you know in a haze and uh i don't care what anybody says there are people out there that can function on it 
but it lowers a lot of things like your inhibitions and your ability to think clearly. Um, we have no need for it to be legal in this state, and especially if it's going to entice younger kids into, you know, thinking it's less of a ha- uh, problem, uh, you know, because the developing, uh, the, the developing mind of the adolescent, I mean, that's a great deal of harm that can be done to those kids. And, it, you know, who knows what would have happened to them if they so, start smoking at 10, 12 years old. So you were one of those guys, heavy pot user, and, you know, you, you wake up one day and it's it's eight or nine years later and this is the day your little sister's graduating from law school or whatever and you're still in mom's basement or whatever. Boy, were you at my house? Uh, that's pretty much what it was. I woke up and realized I smoked myself out of college. Uh, wow. What what caused you to stop? Um, I actually had a love of a good woman. She, huh? she showed me it was time to kind of wake up and uh, stop being an adolescent. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in a profession now. I, I, I drive truck because I screwed up my college. Uh, you know, obviously I can't smoke pot. Uh, but, you know, I can just. I can go on for hours about what how stupid it makes you. They call you call it dope for a reason. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- th- thanks for the call. Okay, well, that's you know, potheads of Wisconsin. You know, but, but it, I mean, there is. See, th- this is the. I understand that people do it, and just th- this has always been my issue with this. I understand that people do it, and I understand that you can make the argument that, well, it's no worse than alcohol, but if you accept the premise that if you legalize it, more people are going to do it, is that is that the justification? Oh, we got a lot of people who are out on the road, and they're drunk. we got a lot of people who are drunks, so I know. Let's try to create more people who are potheads. Uh, another Dan writes, great topic. As an employer, we have created a class of people from 18 to 26 that can no longer pass a drug test to work, a legitimate family support job or have the motivation to pursue adolescence, it is an epidemic. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Roger in Mequon. Roger, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Hey, that guy sounded like a parrot head almost. <laughs> well, not all of us parrot heads are potheads. Let me be real clear here. But yeah, I know, I know. But Jeff, you know what? Hey, if you're going to um, legalize it, you know, there's got to be some responsibilities that come along with it. And I was just reading in the paper this morning about some guy who was stolen out of his head and was driving 80 miles an hour right. down the road, lost control of the car, and hit some guy in the in a right. van and killed him. Right. And, you know, if I don't mind if you're sitting at home on the couch playing video games. I mean, that's your thing, you know, but... As soon as you step out into the society, right, you know, and you do something like that, then the you have to take the you know, well, right, and, and, and repercussions and, off of it. Well, and I guess right, and see, and that that's the argument. Thanks for the call. I mean, that that is the argument. If you accept my premise that legalizing marijuana would lead to more people using marijuana, and I, I think. I mean, maybe you can argue with me about it, but I, I don't really think, to me, that just makes a lot of sense. Then exactly that's that's the question. I understand you already have people who are stoned out of their gourd, who get behind the wheel of cars and do those type of things. You know, w- will it lead to more people being in those types of situations? Let's talk to Mike in Waterford. Mike, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hi, Mike. What do you think? Well, I'm definitely an advocate for medical marijuana. Okay, now, I'm not talking about medical marijuana right now. Just to be clear, I'm talking about, you know, marijuana, period, for recreational use. Oh, okay. Well, I heard you mention earlier about um, states like Colorado and Washington where 
usage um, is rising due to the fact that it is legal. Right. And I just wanted to bring up the flip side to that. Um, what about someone who's in chronic debilitating pain mm-hmm. who maybe finds an ease to their symptoms um, with it being legal? Right. Well, let me just say, I mean, I see... And I, I understand I get on the wrong side of some people for this. I have always made a distinction between medical marijuana and between recreational use of marijuana. And I think a lot of people know my personal circumstance. My wife passed away last year after a courageous battle with uh, liver cancer, stage four liver cancer. During the year that she was being treated, um, she was regularly given, like, b- because of, of the issue. I mean, she had she had in incurable cancer and you know she she was regularly given like really high powered pain pills that to her credit uh, my god up until the very end i mean she she didn't even fighting cancer she didn't want to get addicted she didn't want to take them she didn't want this stuff at, at the very end the very end i mean i think the, the the pain just got too much but so i mean she was regularly prescribed like heavy duty opioids that that she just chose not to take now I always think about that situation, and, and it did not. Af- this was not our case. But if if you have somebody, for example, who's that that cancer patient, who's already being prescribed the heavy duty opioids because of their situation, but they've lost their appetite or whatever, and so you know you give them some medical marijuana, you, you, you smoke a little pot or whatever, and again, this, this was not our our case, and it, it helps inspire your appetite or whatever i have never had I, i've never had an issue with that and i wouldn't have an issue with it and i i understand that there's some people who just say well that's you know medical marijuana is just a you know it, it's just an excuse but i i mean i do think that if, if if you're if you're in chronic pain or you're fighting incurable cancer or whatever and, and you're already getting these heavy duty opioids what you know why, why shouldn't you? If a little bit of medical marijuana, if medical marijuana, medical marijuana, or marijuana for medical purposes helps helps you get get through, um, why why not? But I'm but this we're not talking now about medical marijuana. We're not talking about the terminal cancer cases. We're not talking about people who are in chronic pain. We're, we're talking about you know the the, the typical you know eighteen year old or twenty one year old or whatever or 25-year-old, or 35-year-old, or 55-year-old. 414-799-1620. Um, let's talk to Dwayne in Kenosha. Dwayne, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Dwayne. Um, first, I'd like to say I, I'm not a pot user, never have been, and if you legalized it tomorrow, I still wouldn't be. Right. It's just not my gig. Right. Um, the, the aspect I look at this um, from the statistics within those states – First off, I'd like to see those st- those statistics compared to Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, New York, mm-hmm. any other state. I-, I would venture to guess those are probably on the rise as well. Mm-hmm. At the same rate, maybe, maybe not. Of course, you know the, that that kind of stats we're right. not talking about the other states. Right. The, the, the but still, you would really agree like, with me, though. It, it makes you would agree with the basic premise that if you if you legalize something, more people are going to do it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, the thing that I'd like to look at, and, and I'm a proponent for legalizing, but, but. And <laughs> here's, here's, here's my but. Okay. Um, there's a lot of negatives that come along with it, you know, all, all the historical things, brain damage, uh, all that kind of stuff. But the part that, I, that, that draws me towards legalizing is one of them, what about the reduction in violence? Mm-hmm. Over the over the border smuggling of it, right. all of those things that come along, all the court costs that come along with it, 
all of the trouble that it's caused some people over the years of having these little small user amounts and end up spending six months in jail and high court fines, those types of things would be gone away. See, I think, to your point, I think the most compelling of those arguments is that you you, you take the, by legalizing it, you, you take the, the criminal element out of it. You know, you, you, you eliminate, yeah. to the extent that you've got the cartels that are still dealing in marijuana, you, you take that out. No, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a balancing thing. This is a discussion that is going to be playing out. And, and one of the things I think is going to be constructive, and I think your comment, Dwayne, about, all right, well, all right, I'd like to see how much is drug use, how much is pot use going up in these states compared to in Wisconsin? Is it going up there as well? I think that's all fair. We are now starting to get to the point where there's enough of a history with some of the states that have legalized marijuana. We're, we're, we're going to be able to, I think, do some of these empirical studies and then be able to really get a handle on the effect. Because, candidly, you do something and you, you go in three months or six months or even a year afterwards, it's tough to make the comparisons. Once you start to get five years in, ten years in, you get to be able to look at hard numbers that may, in fact, be meaningful. Interesting conversation. If you want to see some of the background on this, um, we've got some links up on our Facebook page and at WTMJ.com. In addition, like I said, we've got uh, Facebook Live. Uh, you can watch the replay of my interview with Governor Walker that we did at the top of this hour. It is 11.55 in three minutes. We're going to find out what John Jagler and Eric Bilstadt have on their minds for WTMJ Today. Please stick around. It's 11.58. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I really appreciate you spending the morning with me. Coming up, WTMJ Today, State Representative John Jagler, Eric Bilstadt. What do you guys got coming up on the big show? Well, Coach McCarthy's going to talk today, so we'll get an update. We'll dip into that live. Uh, kids and stress. Okay. Is it new? Is it different? Is the stress different? Eric Vilstad's got a, a pretty cool story. We're going to talk about that in yeah. the 12 o'clock Is hour. it real? Very yeah, cool. right? You know, you're talking about Mike McCarthy. The, the luckiest bunny in the state of Wisconsin in my opinion, is Mike McCarthy. After that fourth and one that failed, the, the Giants go and score a touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers comes and scores another touchdown, the Packers go. Yep. Can you imagine the dynamic if, if somehow the Giants had gone ahead and oh. won that and, game? And, Jeff, there's a double, a, a double plus for that because not only did it not matter in the outcome of that game, but in the locker room, that mattered to, to the, to the offensive team. Because it confidence in yeah, him. Show, I mean, he gets a win-win out of that because it didn't cost him everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but just ima- I, I, I always think of what the downside is. Imagine what the flip side. And I'm glad it wasn't, didn't happen that way, but imagine the flip side. Okay, John Jagler, Eric Bilstadt, that's WTMJ Today, coming up in just a couple minutes. Thanks for joining me. I am back 8.30 tomorrow when we do this all again. It's 11.59. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.